Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Ayin, Zayin, Oz. Right? Strength. May we have the strength to finish your vamos here. Did you um, look at the, uh, did you learn the Daf over uh, Shabbos? Mama, Mia. Okay, but we're, I always say that that's one of the greatest unsaid Daf Yomi coincidences. The Dafim that Hashem doesn't have me say over the weekend. <laughs> Anyways, so... Let's start for the sake of context, okay? We dedicate this as always to the Yilanishmas of Chaim Zev Milinowitz and also our fearless leader this time, Libada Lechaim Tovim Slachim, Andrew, who is on his way to Israel or is in Israel already. Um, this is not hard, Gemara Barry. So let's start from the Mishnah on Ein Vav and Bez, okay? Just to, just to ramp into what the context, because otherwise it's just like in midair. Nothing makes sense. What's, what's the topic here? Who's Asr Bakal? Remember, we talk about the Kurs Shifcha and we talk about the RL. So now we're going to talk about the nations that are famous for not being allowed. That's an amazing thing, right? That we are, so to speak, racist against specific nations for behavior that they exhibited. And yet, ironically, another Dafyomi coincidence, as we march towards very shortly Shavuos, right? You consider the lineage of David Melch, which we'll discuss today. And you see that on one side, uh, on his mother's side, it was, right, Amonu Moav, Rosa Moaviyah, as we'll be reading on Shavuos, right, which came from uh, Lot, the daughters of Lot. And that was a, um, obviously, some sort of, uh, that's a ad of Arias, under duress. And then the other side, Yudan Tamar which is Arias of a different sort, uh, but Arias nonetheless, under duress. And out of that, it sees the Mashiach. I asked Birnbaum to look into the uh, Kabbalistic reasoning and all the implications therein. That's not for now. Be that as it may, says the Mishnah, Anayin Vavim Rebeis, Amoni Moavi Asurim V'Yisuran Isur Olam Avadik Vaseim Mutaros Miyad. So it's fascinating aspect, which we'll be delving into, that when it comes to marrying into the nation of Amun and Moab, of course, Bizman Zed, we don't know who anybody is. But in those days, they're still new, in the days of David and Melech, if somebody came from the nation of Amun and Moab, you're not allowed to marry a man from Amun and Moab, but you're allowed to marry a female right away. So all the women are always mutter to marry, as it turns out. Uh, we know that that was very controversial. That was very controversial, especially in the time of David and Melech, as we will read. Uh, the status of the women, because everybody knew that the men were off limits. But the women, we say, uh, we pask in the halacha in the Mishnah here, that the women are always mutter, okay? That's in contrast to a different nation. Mitzri ve'adomi, Egyptians and Adamites, enam asurim ela ad shlosha daros. That's an interesting lushan, but it really means is that they're prohibited, right? If somebody converted, they're prohibited. One, uh, they really mutter <laughs> on the third generation. In other words, the first two generations are aser, and that would be true. That would be true for females and males. So, right? It's a fascinating thing that for the Amun and Moab, the females are always mutter. For the Mitzrim Edomi, the females, according to the Tanakama here, are going to be Aser until the third generation, right? Even though Amun and Moab for forever, Mitzri and Adomi are through the third generation. Why this is is fascinating indeed, right? And the Reb Shimon Matir Tanakevas Miyad. And Reb Shimon says that with regards to the Mitzri and Adomi, just like the Amun and Moab 
are going to be, uh, the females are going to be mutter right away. So too, by the Mitzvah of Edomi, the women will be mutter right away. And here, an interesting thing you don't often see, in the mission itself, we have the reasoning. And the reasoning is obvious, which is to say, I'm a Rabbi Shimon, Right, you can make the following Right, when you have Amun Moab and you say that the males are always going to be also forever and ever, and yet the women are not also ever. So So then it would follow logically, therefore, that the mitzvah even Adomi, where the males are mutter by the third generation, Right? Shouldn't it make sense thus that the women, all the more so, right? Where, right, the men are always off limits for, for Amun and Moab. But in the Egyptians, <laughs> the men are mutter on the third generation. And so if the females are mutter for Amun and Moab right away, shouldn't the females be mutter for the Egyptians all the more so right away? And they said, not necessarily. Amru lo, right? Did you ever have this kind of dialogue within a mission? That's unusual, right? So the Chachamim, the Tanakhama, would say back to Shimon, Yimalach and Akabel, Rashi says, we can accept what you're saying if, if that's the Halacha, which Rashi explains, Shamatamimirabosecha, right? If you heard that from your Baim, so then we'll accept that. Beimladin, yes, Shuva. But if you're saying it based just on the Kalvachomer, which you just right, articulated, so then we could answer it. I could answer it too, Barry. In other words, the reason why Amun and Moab are usher forever, as the Gemara will show, us, will show us, could be a different reason for why the Egyptians are usher for three generations. And then the reason for Amun and Moab and the reason for Egyptians, if they're different, it would stand to reason that one might apply to females and one would not. And therefore, right, I could, right, if we're doing this out of logic, I could dismantle your logic, they're telling him. But if you're doing it because that's what you heard, halacha, so then we can respect that. So Amalem, Rabbi Shimon responds to this, he says, low key. Yeah. No. I don't think that the, that you're going to be able to refute my kalvachomer. I think my reasoning is solid. But halacha niyomer. But be that, but nonetheless, I'm saying in halacha anyway. <laughs> it's a funny response, right? In other words, happens to be that I'm saying a halacha, but by, but just know that my logic is so rock solid that even if it wasn't a halacha, I still agree with myself. Okay. But be that as it may, it's a halacha, and we go on to the Gemara. So the Gemara is going to talk about like this. What's the idea that the Amun and Moab women are permitted? Says the Gemara, why do we say that the females are permitted? So What went on? Shalom Alech is seeing that somebody has come to volunteer to kill Goliath. We know this dynamic between Shaul and David. We've already discussed in the Gemara many, many times. As Rabbi David Katz says, an unbelievable thing, that Shaul Melech was one of the, uh, he was really the first that we could think of where Hashem afflicted him with, uh, with a mental, right, with an emotional, mental uh, issue, melancholy, depression, anxiety. It's a real, it's a whole tire in itself. Be that as it may, Paranoia, so he sees, but this is where it starts. He sees David, he knows something's up. Something's unusual about this young man. So Amal Avner, Sar he says to his general, Avner, Ben Mize Hanar Avner, whose son is this? Avner, Yadati. He says, it beats me. Well, I'll be, 
by my life if I know, right? Below Yadalei. No, wait a minute. So the Gemara asks, Below Yadalei. What do you mean? Did Shaul not know? And I know that Shaul's asking, Who is this young man? But he already said in the Pasuk, In other words, Shaul was very, very familiar with David Amelech already. He was not yet David Amelech, but he was familiar with this young man. This young man was already carrying his bags and playing musical instruments for him. Right, he had already been afflicted, Barry, with the melancholy, melancholy that that uh, was going to plague him further through his life till the end, and so this was already going on. And David Melch was already playing uh, instruments and carrying his bag. So, what does he mean? Who is that young man? You know very well who that is. So the Gemara, no, Ela Avua Kamashil. Shaul Melch already, Barry, was anticipating. He saw. Wait a minute, something special about my my assistant over here, my little harp-playing, uh, bag-carrying, little red-headed dude over here. Something is very, very special about him. After all, as we will see, Shaul, as we know, was very, very tall. He was tall, dark, and handsome. And David Melech was relatively diminutive. And yet, when Shaul, when David Melech stepped forward to attack uh, Goliath, Shaul took off his clothing, and it fit David Melech like a glove. Uh-oh. Says Shaul, something's up. He is destined for greatness. Is this the man that's going to be king? Let me ask a little bit more about this young man. What is his lineage? What was his lineage? So the Gemara persists and says, What, he didn't know who his father was? That he also knew. Turns out, the Pasuk says that the Ish, uh, he was coming with a bunch, with a, with a whole crew, who is this Ish? Ramar of Rav, Itamar Abba, Zeishai Avi David. The Yishai was the aforementioned man in the Pasuk that came to visit Shaul. So Shaul had met not only David, but he had met David's father Yishai. She Nichnas Buchlusa. He came in with a bunch of people. Buchlusa, and he went out with a bunch of people. A lot of people, in other words. He was very, very well known. Whatever he wherever he traveled, you know, David was like sort of left as, so to speak, the, right, the other child. But there were many other brothers of David, as we know. And Yishai was a very well-known man. And he, would, and he would walk around with an entourage. There wasn't anybody in Kalashal who didn't know who Yishai was. Certainly, Shaul knew who his, David and Melch's father was as well. So the Gemara says, okay, come on, now. this is what Shaul meant to say. Zil Shaul, go find out who exactly his lineage of David is. Imi Peretz Asi, Imi Zerach Asi. As we know, the twins that were born to Tamar at the, right, aftermath of Yehuda and Tamar, of that episode, were called Peretz and Zerach, right? And Parshas Vayeshev, one comes out, sticks his hand out, the other one, that's Peretz, the other one comes out after him. So, Imi Peretz, Asay Malkahavi. So Peretz, if he's the son of Peretz, he knew that he came from Yehuda and Tamar. He knew, he knew the lineage, right? He knew that he came from I guess Boaz, but he didn't know if Boaz was from Peretz or Zerach, I guess. If he came from Peretz, he's going to be a Melch. Because the kings, right, it's a, I guess like a play on word, but also it's a foreshadowing, right? Sometimes those things overlap. A king can break through fences, make paths for himself, right? A king could say, this is, your house is part of my highway now. So I'm, I'm bulldozing it. Rambam quotes right? So the, the king could do that. Nobody could say it in boo. 
but he's from Zarach, so then, either way, he's going to be a prominent person, but if he's from Zarach, he's just going to be merely a, an Adam Chashev. But if he's from Peretz, forget about it. He's going to be the king. My timer, So, but why did Shaul want to inquire about him? What, in other words, what was asked the Gemara? What was it that hinted to Shaul that something needed to be looked into, that something was special about this young man? So that, there it quotes the aforementioned episode that we just mentioned. The Pasuk says that Shaul dressed David with what? With his Madav, says the Gemara, is a Lashem Kemidato. In other words, the dimensions of the clothing. And yet, no matter how tall David was, Shaul was head and shoulders, right? We, that's where the phrase head and shoulders comes from. From his head and shoulders, from his shoulders enough, Shaul was head and shoulders above everybody else. Figuratively, literally, Shaul was one of the greatest um, we've ever had. That's why his downfall was so tragic. But it's not for now. Point is, he was much taller, and yet it fit David Amalekh like a glove. That's the point. Which made Shaul think, we have to look into this. So now let's keep going with the story. Good story. Mind you, Doeg is from Edom. So he's got an axe to grind, Barry, I think. Doeg is, is saying, <laughs> He said, you're asking whether he's from Peretz or Zerach, which is to say, is he going to be a king or not? How about whether he's Mutter Lava Bakal? You see how he's got this... Uh, He's got this axe to grind, right? Because after all, Doeg came from a family, from Edomites, where the men and the females are not allowed to love a bakal for the first couple of generations. So he's got a little bit of a complex, okay. So my taima, what's the reason that he thinks that he can't be love a bakal? Because after all, he comes from Moab. So what? Rus is, is a female. We just said in our Mishnah, that females are always allowed in Amar Moab. So Amar Avner, Avner said to Doeg, Tanina, Amoni v'lo Amonis, Moavi v'lo Moavis. So now we're starting to see the source. Why males and not female, where it says Amoni and Moavi. It doesn't say Amonis and Moavis. So it says in Lashon Zachar, and that's why females are always going to be allowed. So Doeg says, Elamiata Mamzer v'lo Mamzeres. You know, the, the psukim that say that a Mamzer can come, can't come uh, come Mamzer, it, it, it sounds like a masculine language. So what are you going to say? That a mamzeris can marry into a regular? We know that that's not the halacha. That whether, we know that when it comes to mamzerim, whether it's a male or a female, it's also mekal. Or mitzri v'lo mitzris, by the way, right? Mind you, he doesn't bring in the edome. He himself is an edome. So, ma, so mamzer ksiv, mitzri v'lo mitzris. And by the way, mitzri... We don't distinguish between the males and the females for those two generations. And Mitzri certainly does sound uh, masculine. So what's this Amoni Vilom Amonis? What, what is that, Lashon? So Avner explains, Shiny Ochan, no, 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 no. There is a rationale for the Amon and Moab because by the Amon and Moab, we have already articulated the reason why Amon and Moab are also lover Bakal. Why? The Mefarish time of the crop. Pasuk says, Advar Shalokidmo Eschem Belechem Ramayim. Right when we when Klaisro and Yitzias Mitzrayim, they were not greeted with lechem imayim. And that is something that would be expected of the men and not the women. And therefore, it is the men that were punished. And there's the men that are also love of Bakal. Perhaps the women would have 
greeted us with bread and water. By the way, the chesed, Barry, that's the, the underpinning of all of our religion, right? It's all based on chesed, right? Just like Rus HaMoaviyah was a balas chesed, right? Because she followed Nomi. And Boaz was a bal chesed because he took her in, right? It's, and, and Lot was a bal chesed because he, what? Because he wanted, he was the only one that wanted to be machdias orchim, you know, albeit misplaced perhaps in those biblical crazy times of Stom and Amora. But we see that even though we have very sketchy, right, background to David Amelech, the background of chesed is kind of indisputable and perhaps that is a lesson Therein, right? Chesed above all else. Anyway, well, and for that reason, Ammon and Moab in general, the males are the ones that don't have the chesed. But we see from Rus, certainly she had the chesed, right? So, anyway, Doeg says, no. What do you mean? So do a kosher uh, hospitality where the men are bringing bread and water to the men and the women are bringing to the women. So, ishtik. Wow, okay, so Avner didn't know what to answer, Doeg, at that point. And Miyad, and therefore, that made sense at that point. He said, find out whose son is this. Okay. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Look at this. Is he a Nar or is he a Elem? Well, the Gemara is explaining by asking Avner whose son is... Uh, who, who is this Nar? But using the Lushan Elem, he was hinting, he was being very diplomatic, but he was hinting to Avner that something was not revealed to him. That's why he used the Lushan Elem. Says the Gemara, Hachi Kamar, Hachi Ka'amarle, Halacha Nitz'alme Mimcha, Seush Alba Beisamedish. See what's happening? Avner is using Lushan Elem to describe David Amelech, but in the usage of that unusual language of Elem instead of Nar, he is implying to Avner in a very delicate way, that he had forgotten the halacha. Avner was supposed to know the halacha, but go to the base manager, find out what is the halacha here with regards to the Ammon and Moab females. So Shaul, so Avner goes to the base manager, and Amr they said to him, Ammoni v'lamonis, Moab v'lamavis, yeah. Just like we said, that it's only the zacharim, just like the Mishnah says, it's only the zacharim that are aser, as we finally arrive at Ayn Zayin Amadalaf. So actually, Ludoi kolhani kushyasa. Yeah, but then Doig was, you know, Avner's wing, wingman when he went to the base medrash and he's asking all the questions that he asked. He was asking the whole shaklevataria of what do you mean? It's the men, the women could go out also. Ishtiku. And sure enough, Doig was successful in silencing the base medrash too. So now they wanted to announce that David not being, that David was also lakal. Miyad. And immediately somebody intervened and they did not allow David to be um, and not allowed David, right, to, um, to be, to, to be, um, sentenced as being Asulava Bakal. This is, Barry, giving you an idea of how controversial this was. In other words, it was controversial. And not only was it controversial, it was politics, right? It was hawk. It was like a birthing controversy, right? Uh, where David Melech was about to ascend to power. And everybody could feel it in the air. And now they're going to have a birthing controversy. Is this guy Mutter Lava Bakal or not? And sometimes that happens when somebody is very popular and somebody starts a birthing controversy in order to, to see, is this guy even eligible to be our leader? Mm. 
So it's politics mixed with intrigue, mixed with, okay. So says the Gemara. Here's how we're going to focus over here. What's going on here? Amasa was, was somebody called Yisra the, the Israeli. Okay, he was called an Israeli. And he married Abigail, the daughter of Nachash. We'll see, Nachash is in fact Yishai, as we will see. Uchsiv Yeser HaYishmaeli. So wait a minute. Here he's called Yisra HaYishmaeli. And elsewhere he's called Yeser HaYishmaeli. So what is it? Is he Israeli or is he Yishmaeli? Those are two different things. So here's the deal. Okay. That who was who was Yishai's son-in-law? Who was Yishai's son-in-law that married Avigail? We'll see. But Nachash was Yishai because okay, I'll give it away. Nachash was Yishai because in Masechus Brachos, you remember we talked about the four men. I think it was Brachos that that never sinned ever, and it wasn't like a list of people that are the classics that you might have thought. One of them was Yishai. I think it was four. And he never tasted sin his whole life. And therefore, the only reason he would have ever died like mortal man was because of the sin of the Nachash. Otherwise, he would have been immortal because after all, he had no sins for which to, to suffer death. Okay. So that's why he's called Nachash. So he had a son, David, as we know. And he also had a daughter, Avigail. Avigail was David's sister. Okay. Now, Avigail married this guy, Yeser. But Yeser was Jewish, but sometimes he called him Ishmaeli. Why? So I'll say it outside first, and then we'll read it inside. He was called Ishmaeli because he used to walk around with a, with a machete, and he was very belligerent, like an Arab, basically, ready to kill anyone who would what? Who would question David's lineage, right? So we see. David, so we see. This was a massive controversy. People are questioning David's lineage, and he's got a brother-in-law, right, married to his sister, who's ready to basically chop anybody's head off who questions this lineage. That's what's going on. Let's see this inside. Yeah, that this guy, yes, there, used to carry around this massive machete, and he used to say, Yeah, you don't agree? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to impale you. I'll, I'll strike you with a machete right in the chest if you disagree. And, and don't you dare question my brother-in-law David's lineage, because I learned from the Bezin of Shmuel, right, Hanavi, right, is Shmuel Haramasi, because he came from the Ramah. Shmuel Haramasi, that Amoni Vilamonis, Ma'avi Vilamonis, right? That was the Lushim, right? The guys who were against the birthing controversy and pro David Melech used to carry signs, Amoni Vilamonis, Ma'avi Vilamonis, right? That this is only the men of Amon Moab that can't marry, but the women, as our Mishnah says, and as the Halacha is, and as this super belligerent, angry Yeser was walking around and claiming. Okay. Umi Meheman? Wait a minute. But does he have credibility, Barry? This guy walking around machete, this angry, sort of politically charged dude? Says the Gemara, that whenever somebody is a Tamil Chacham, let's say he's any Yeshiva guy who says, my Rebbe said this, my Rebbe said that. Yeah, if it was just Stam, right, for the sake of discussion and they're talking about it in the base Medrash and it's academic, so we believe him because he has no agenda. Right, that's what that means. But if it's already 
at this point, a hot-button political topic, so then he's got an agenda, and therefore he loses credibility, right? He's pushing an agenda, so then, of course, he's going to say that his Rebbe said it's okay. Oh. Mind you, the Rebbe we believe, right? The Rebbe is beyond reproach. Shmuel HaRamasi would never say halacha. The question is, do we believe Yeser's, uh, Yeser's accounting of what Shmuel HaRamasi says, said, right? In other words, right, you'll have people say what Rav Chaim said, uh, Zetzal, right, or Moshe said. So you have a controversy about what his shita was, okay? But, you know, they themselves were beyond reproach. If you were to ask them, that ends up being the answer of the Gemara, shiny hacha. Yeah. At this time, as we know, Shmuel Anavi was still alive. And so you could just go ask Shmuel Anavi himself, and he would have told you, So therefore, this idea that, that there's no credibility to tell meet him when there's a political agenda doesn't really have to count because you could have just, in other words, gone to Shmuel Aramasi and verified. Right? So when there's checks and balances and you can go ask right, what his real shita is, so at that point, you, can't, you can still, right, believe the Talmidim because they know that they could be held accountable because somebody could just go to the Rebbe and ask. Okay. So the Gemara, it's still a really good question. Why are they allowed? After all, the women of Oman and Moab should have brought out bread and water. So says the Gemara, this is how they explain in Babel. In Babel, they were talking about what? The idea that it was a Tznias issue. That, yeah. You could have done it in some kosher way, the men with the men, women with the women, still not Sanua to leave the house. In Eretz Yisrael, or some say it's from the, the uh, from, from Rabbi Yitzchak, who says, that, right, you could use the Pasuk of Kol Kvod Basmelech Pnima, the, the Tzniyus Pasuk in Tehillim, or you could use the Pasuk from actual Bracious, where they ask, the Malachim ask, Avram Avinu, where is Sarah? They're not asking because they don't know. They're angels. They know what's, got, what's up. They, they know what their mission is and they know exactly where Sarah is. But they're asking in order to be, uh, right, in order to um, ingratiate or, or right, uh, arouse the love of Avram for his beautifully Sanua wife, Sarah, by pointing out, that she is in the tent. Okay, so now we're 16 lines down on Ein Zayin And that, okay, so be that as it may, interesting, right? They had a reason not to go out, and that's the point, that the females had a reason not to go out because they were very tsanua, and because they were not expected to go out, the fact that they didn't bring bread and water even to the women of Kal Yisrael is not held against them, and therefore they're always mutter lava bakal. Okay, now, the truth is that Tanaim argued about this. Ketanai, Amoni v'lo Amonis, Moavi v'lo Moavis, right? So that was our position that we hold. Those are the signs that we're holding up because we hold the David Melech Chai V'kayam. Devi Rabbi Yehuda, that was Rabbi Yehuda's position. He brings us up. He brings up this idea of the women that it's not customary for women to greet the, with, um, with bread and water. And so... Maybe, what? Do they disagree about the halacha? Not really. Not really. The halacha, as Rashi explains, the halacha, they both are agreeing, Rav Shimon Rav Yehuda, that only the males are also lavabakal, not the females. The only thing they're disagreeing about is whether they learn it from Amoni Vila Amonis or from the rationale of the fact that they, they didn't come from bread and water. 
But that rationale, right, still would not apply to the females regardless for the aforementioned reasons. So they're only arguing about the source barrier. They're not arguing about the halacha. Everybody holds that the females are mutalava bakal. So both Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai are going to say, David Melech Yisrael Chai Vekayam. Okay? Now, okay, right? It would be like the Machlokas. Do we, do we light Hanukkah candles because of the Pare Hachag or Mylon Bakodesh for the Maridim or whatever, right? But it as it may, we hold, no. That's what Birnbaum said, but no, that, that was the, that, that's a different Machlok. That's whether you do it uh, to add or to reduce. I'm going to have to tell Birnbaum that he shouldn't have said that. Anyway, the point, <laughs> that's what he said last night. Because <laughs> he was saying, can you think of any other, re- any other machloks in where the machlokas is not what the halacha is, but what the derivation is? I'm sure there are, but not for now. Okay, 19 lines down. Remember that? We say that in Hallel. That's Dovin Amelech saying in Tehillim, you released my, right, bond, my, my bonds. Amar Dovin there were two things that were sort of like restraining me and you were able to release my restraints. Right? Both had to do with Omen and Moav. Rus was Moaviyah. That's his progenitor. That's where he came from, his matriarch. And therefore, by allowing female Moaviyah's Lakal, that made him Mutalavalabakal. And Nama was Amonis, as Rashi says. That ends up being relevant because, because she was, again, David's son, Shlomo Melech, right, um, married Nama, and she was from Ammon, and they had a child, Rechavam, and sure enough, Rechavam was the one that succeeded Shlomo Melech, and therefore, that enabled the seed, so to speak, the lineage of David's kingship to, kingdom to continue. And therefore, along the way, he was from Moab, and his grandson was from Ammon, and so Pitach Talamosarai is an allusion to that. So Dorosh Rava, my dechsev, Rabosa Sisa, Ata Hashem Lokai, and Iflosecha, Machshavasecha, Leinu, also Pasuk into Hillim, that you've done wonders, and your thoughts are for us. Elai lo Nehemiah, it doesn't mean for me, Elai Leinu, but for us. Who's Eleinu? Melamachai, Rechavam, Yoshev, Hekish, David. This was the song that David would be singing to his bouncing baby grandchild on his lap. He would say, Amar lo, David Melech would say to his grandchild, Alav alech, anemur shtei mikros alalu. That these two psukim were about us, and we're motolav abakal, and we're all cool and good to go because of Hashem's grace. Darash Rava, Rava said, Rava lines up in the wide, Mai dechsev, what does it mean where it says, Az amarti hinei bati b'megillah sefer kosov alai? Right, and Tehillim again. I came with the Megillah Sefer that was written for me. So I'm our David. David and Melch said, I said, I have come now. But I did not know, right, that was already written about me. What's the written about me? As follows. Where's Hanim Saos? Yeah. It's talking about the daughters of Lot. Daughters of Lot, they said, the angel said to Lot, right, you have to run. Get up, take your wife, your two daughters, Hanim Saos with you. Ah, take those women who are named Saos. Okay. And Ochak Siv Matsasi, David Avdi Bashem and Kochi Mashachtiv, in a totally different context in Tehillim. It says, I found David, meaning, I found that he's, he's the man, and therefore that's when he has, right, that's like the moment where David is revealed to, as being the person 
who is going to be anointed and be David Melech Israel. The word Nimtza, the root, is in both words, and therefore the allusion to being Mutalava Bakal is already foreshadowed in the Amonu Moav, which comes from the daughters of Lot. Unbelievable. Wow, seven lines up from the wide. So now let's talk some halacha. Okay, so we said like this. In Ammoni, the males are Asr, the females are Mutter. What if the Ammoni is a male? So he's also Lava Bukal, but he converts, even though he's also Lava Bukal. And then he has a daughter. Well, the daughters are always Mutter. The males are always Asr. But the male converted to Isr, and then had a daughter. So you see, like even if he hadn't converted, his daughter could have could always converted. See, that's the point, right? You had a non-convert Amoni, right? Right, Ashegis. And his daughter, and he has a daughter. And then she wants to convert. So she can always convert. Here, she didn't get a chance to convert. Like her dad converted, Be'isr. And then the question would be, does she have to convert? That's the question. Or is she just kosher because her dad's a convert, albeit be'isr? And not only that, is she so kosher that she can marry a Kohen? That's the question. So Rabbi Yochanan held that she is kosher Kahuna. The real question is, though, did her father do an isr or not? Uh, I'm giving it away ahead of time. In other words, if, if her parents were both Ammonim, so then she was conceived beheter, right? Because an Ammoni and an Ammoni, they're allowed to be married and have kids, right? The question is, did her father convert and marry Israelis? That would be a shy, that would be a different question. So let's see. I'm like Rabbi Barula Ula. Kiman, wait a second. Iku Rabbi Yehuda. If you hold like Rabbi Yehuda again, Rabbi Yochanan says that the Bas of the Ammoni. We'll see what the case is. Can marry a coin. So if you hold like Rabbi Yehuda, Lo Amar Bas Ger Zachar Kivas Cholol Zachar. Rabbi Yehuda said that if a Ger is a male, his daughter is considered a Cholol, so she would not be allowed to marry a coin, and therefore that would not work. Okay, in other words, he holds uh, a very um, harsh shita, right? A very machmir shita that gerim, albeit, albeit right, Jews, they're not allowed to marry kohanim. They're considered halalim. Okay, but Yosi, but if you hold like Rabbi Yosi, Amar Pshita, Af Ger Shenasa Gioris Bitok Sher Lekuna, right? Rabbi Yosi holds the ger is a ger, like what we hold, right? That the ger is a Jew, and he can marry kohanim, he can marry whatever he wants. Oh, and in that case, right, even if a female convert, right? He could marry Cohen. So therefore, certainly the daughter of con- converts could marry Cohen. So now he's going to say like this. So, so therefore, who is Rabbi Yochanan like? Rabbi Yochanan saying that only the daughter can marry. So it doesn't sound like Rabbi Huda because Rabbi Huda says Gerim can't marry altogether and he would, she would be considered a halal. And it doesn't sound like, right, like Rabbi Yossi because Rabbi Yossi would allow her parents to marry Cohen too. So the, so, the answer is like this. Maybe we're talking about who can be Roy Lavabakal. Maybe Rabbi Yossi, when he says that converts are always allowed to marry anybody, so maybe they're talking about regular converts, right? Like Americans or, or you know, Matt here, his wife is from Peru, Peruvians, right? But, you know, but not Amon Moab. Right? Maybe that's a different story altogether. That would stand to reason, right? That would make sense because they're also love of Bakal, so maybe they can't marry Kohanim. So, I mean, not like, uh, where would he have gotten such an idea that an Isra love of Bakal changes the equation? Well, the Yalat Mikoin Gadol Be'amana. Yeah, because if you have a Kohen Gadol Be'amana, that's an Isra just like uh, a male Amon and a Basisrol 
it would be an iser. And ma kohen gadol almano, she can't be also be avera chal yochiach, right? So really, if a kohen gadol marries an almano, that's a bia be avera, and we know that the kid becomes a chalal, and therefore that, however, would demonstrate, right? Uh, right, that would demonstrate there would be aser ma lachalos shkeni yosi also be avera kohen gadol yochiach. So the problem is that you could take it both ways. As Rashi says, Malchol Shchenius Yerosah Be'Avera, right? Bias Avivimu Be'Avera. Tomer Abamoni Shchenius Yerosah Be'Avera. In other words, you have an issue here. There's, it's true that there's an Isser to the Kohen Gadol Be'Almana, right? That's straight up Pasuk in the Torah. But there, the conception of the Chalal, when he's conceived, that is done so Be'Avera. But if you had, in this case, the Gemara is assuming two Ammonites, right, that are just married, and then they have a kid, and then they convert. So when they had the child, they didn't do so Be'avera, and therefore that's a different case, right? The actual union of which this daughter was born was totally mutter, and then they converted. So you see, the certain aspects of the cases are similar, and certain aspects are, are different, right? So you say, But the argument can go back and forth. You can go ping-pong with this Barry forever. In other words, when Kohen Gadol is with a almana, so we see that whether it's through sin or not, right, she becomes a halal, and therefore whether the conception was through sin is irrelevant. And yet, it's different and similar. So says the Gemara, Lori Zekar Izeb, Lori Zekar Izeb. So really, they're not similar. What would you say? Yeah. Rashi says, She'ein uberov kal means there's some psul. In other words, it's true. You're not going to be able to line it up exactly, right? If you do amon and amon relative to a, 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 a coin gadol to an almana, you're not going to be able to say that everything exactly matches up. But you'll say that, you know, on the shidduch resume, it's, something is off, right? Either that there's a dad that was an amoni in the picture or that there was a, there was a union in the case of the almana al-kohen gadol, that was Usr in the picture. Either way, the Shirukh resume gets knocked down. P.D. Roth or, 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 or in Baltimore, Karen Traub, they're going to have to work around this gum in the Shirukh resume. And maybe that's the similarity, right? Albeit, like you said, right? Lori, because I, right? Chazar didn't mean we could go back and forth forever and saying that they're not exactly the same. But be that as it may, there is some similarity. And maybe that's why you beat up Sula. Maybe that's why there's a Havamina that the daughter would be possible. And, and therefore, that's why you have to explain that Rabbi Yochanan, when he says that the daughter, right, of a male and a female, Ammonite, right, mom and dad, Amona, that would be the fact that she's permitted to Kohanim, maybe that would be that it was Asr, but not really, because, again, says the Gemara, right, so, in other words, Amon has a Pgam, but he doesn't have an Avera. So what the Gemara is basically saying is, that we're not 100% sure, right, what the case is. The case can't be talking about two, uh, a mommy and daddy uh, from Amon, because that is not similar enough to the case of anything else that we're familiar with, like a Amon al Gadol. And therefore, it's unclear why Rabbi Yochanan would come up with Allah that a Bas Amon can marry a Kohen. Has to be, therefore, the case would be Dilma ba Amoni Shinosa Bas Yisrael Kamar. There, right, Rav Bar Ula is going to explain that case would make more sense because Afa Gav to be also be Avera Because that is more 
analogous because there the Amon was not allowed to marry a Bas Yisrael, and that union in itself was usher. Oh, once you have that, so then it's already perfectly analogous to an Almon or Lakoin Gadol, and there should have been an Isser, and yet we say that Bito's Kshera, to which Ula responds, Amalai, in. That's true. That's true. Tchiasa, Rabin, Amar, Bas, Geramoni, Bas, Mitzri, Sheni, Rabbi Yochan, and Amar, Kshera. Yeah, we have evidence of this, because Rabin came, right, to Babel from Eretz Yisrael, and he quoted the great Gadol from Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi Yochanan, saying that that was in fact the case. So that's the case, Barry. That it's a Bas Geramoni. We got it. He married a Jewish woman, and yet the daughter is Kasher. Of course, Rishlakish argued, Rishlakish Amar Psula, fine. The Gemara says, wait a minute, Rishlakish Amar Psula, why? The Yalif Lami Koin Gadol Ba'amana, yeah. Because he held like it's the Koin Gadol Ba'amana, don't forget. Koin Gadol Ba'amana, you get a Chalal. She's not allowed to marry a Koin. That's the Chiddush of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says that even though it's analogous to a Koin Gadol Ba'amana, where the child is a Chalal, in the case of a Moni to a Bas Yisrael, we're going to say that it's kosher. Why? As we turn to Ein Zayim Abayz, Rabbi Yochanan Amar Kshera, the Tani Rabbi Zakkai, Kameida Rabbi Yochanan, who is this Rabbi Zakkai? His father? Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai. Could be, right? That's what it sounds like. I never saw Rabbi Zakkai quoted before. Ki'im besula me'ama vivikachisha. The Pasuk says that he can only take a besula. Lahavigiyoris mikana. That means to include. Oh, the Pasuk of the Kohen Gadol means ah, a woman whose parents are both converts from Amon, shehi kasheri lekahuna, that she's kasher. Right? In other words, ki'im besula me'amav. Me'amav. Has to be from his nation. Yeah, but as long as it's from a nation, from she's, she's fit for the kahuna. The Amale, wait a minute. Ani shone amav me amav. It doesn't say amav, it says me amav. Lahavi besula, this is what Yochanan would say to Rabbi Zakai. Lahavi besula ba mishnei amimim. That amres giyoris mikanav too low. In other words, this was a discussion between Rabbi Yochanan, Ben Zakai, and Zakai. One learned me amav, one learned amav. And that was the question. Mikana means from the stem. The stem implies like this. The stem implies that both parents have to be the same. As opposed to shtei amimim means, even if it's from a mixed marriage, so to speak, right, from two nations, it's still good. In other words, something in the pasuk of the Kohen Gadol having to marry a basula, in that pasuk there's a word mi'amav. So Rabbi Yochanan, against Reish Lakish, is learning that something in that pasuk is teaching us this very halacha. That's where he came up with the salacha, that a bas, right, a bas moan, a, a child of a Amon uh, male, and a bas Yisrael, that child, unlike an Alman al coin gadol, which creates a chalol, which is also love of usher, right, to marry a coin. Here, the son of a male Amon with a bas Yisrael is mutter. That's embedded in the pasuk. Okay. My shnei amamin. What do Rabbi Yochanan mean? Again, so Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai had a detailed machlokus within that, which is to say, do both parents, that's called menakana, uh, from the stem, do both parents have to be from Ammon or not? So Rabbi Yochanan said, shnei amamin, that they don't. So ilema amoni shenasa amonis. If two nations means that two amonims, umai mishnei amamin, dizchari masurin kevas mutaros, hainu giyaris mikana. Wait a minute. Well, that can't be. Why two nations? It's, so then it would be alluding what? That it's the males and the females have a different halacha, as we said? No, but that's exactly what Gioris Mikana means. That would be what his father Zakai Shita is. That's from the stem. No. Elaba Amoni must mean, when Yochanan says, he means that one, two nations, one, 
this, the, the father is from Ammon, and the daughter is from Bas Yisrael. The mommy is from Bas Yisrael. Oh. Or another version of Ikad Amri, Amr Lei, Rabbi Yochanan said to Zakai, Adi Shonei Amav Me'amav, Lavi B'Sul Abba Mishnei Amamin, Ami'am Sheishno Mishnei Amamin. That Amr Skiyoros Mekonav is too low. There it's a little bit more explicit, where Rabbi Yochanan himself is explaining what he means when he says Me'amav, right? There we don't have to figure it out. He's explaining that it's, that, that, that it, that what he must, must mean when he says Shnei Amamin is that, is that Mi'am, where the father is an Ammoni and the daughter is a Basi Sral. However, that second Lashon, which is more explicit, does create a problem. Don't forget, his statement of Yochanan had to do with the Ammon Moab, that's true, but also had to do with the third, the second generation, meaning the third generation Bas Mitzri born to second generation Be'isr. And we said that she, that third generation share Lakuna as well. Where did he learn that from? Maybe you say, yeah, just like an Ammoni Shinosabasisral is Mutter, right? So too. And again, these are fascinating concepts where the parents are Usr, but the children of that union would have been Mutter if they converted, and therefore the children are Mutter, right? That's the fascinating thing. The conversion happened, so to speak, prematurely prior to their birth, but it's okay. Even though the conversion wasn't done beheter, because had the third generation converted, or in the case of the right, the Ammon had the female converted, because that would have been okay. So then, if the conversion happened prior to their birth, they're born into it, they're grandfathered in, so to speak, and they're okay, or fathered in, as it were, and they're okay. So he says, "The chitem of the elf, my man shenasa by Israel, my man shenasa by Israel." Some you can say the same halacha that would apply, right? As we explained, the logic by the Ammon would apply for the Mitzri. Gemara says not necessarily. Right? It's not exactly the same because again we said that the females and the males are also in the case of Mitzri. So that union of a Mitzri, however, the parents are certainly of the second generation are allowed to marry. That would not be true of second generation Ammon. Uh, male and and female. So therefore, So here too, we have this circular, endless, infinite circle of logic that you're never going to be able to get it exactly to match. So now in the second wide line, So we say over here, yeah, that's what he meant when Rabbi Yudah said, and I didn't know what he was saying. Now I realize what he was saying. He was Mentioning what we said before, which teaches us that the daughter of right the uh, Ammonite, the male that converted, and the Bas Yisrael is fit for the Kahuna. Tomorrow we're going to start three lines down in the wide from another version of this discussion with Rabbi Zakai and Rabbi Yochanan Bezat Hashem.